You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the channel and to another episode of our Badgers talk show here at Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Everybody tuning in. Appreciate the patience. We've got a fun one today, breaking down the 2024 recruiting class for the Badgers. Going to be talking about a lot of the stuff that has happened recently, the decommitment stuff, and also what's going to be happening in the future. For those of you guys that are interested in the content, be sure to stay tuned daily to Bucky's Fifth Quarter. You're going to be getting some content or another, uh, be it, you know, news, um, whoever the Badgers are interested in recruiting news, all sorts of different content. Stay tuned, especially as the season's coming up. You know, we're going to be there, going to give you guys live coverage. But for now, we're focused on the 2024 recruiting class and want to give a quick shout out to everybody tuning in. Let's get into it. And the way to get into it is we got to talk about the recent commitments. Let's start with Emilio Agard, the four-star cornerback out of Philadelphia, well, Pennsylvania, um, that is... Coming to the Badgers, everybody saw the hype video. Emilio Agard decided to uh, join the Badgers in a very different way than some other recruits. Maybe even the best hype video we've ever seen. Uh, come bringing out Bucky Badger, obviously, to hit off all the other hats, put the W on him. But talking about the player itself, Emilio Agard is similar to what the Badgers brought in last offseason with some of their cornerbacks. A somewhat of a smaller build cornerback, but solid uh, solid in coverage and fits the mold of what they want in a cornerback. Stands around 5'10", 165, 170. Could maybe expect that to be up to 185 by the time he's up on campus and really in game shape. And so, you know, that size and that verse, uh, that size and that, you know, that frame kind of gives you a guy who can play inside or outside based on how well he plays in press coverage and really uh, how well his tendencies mix with the rest of the Badgers corners. Last offseason, you saw the bat or well, this past one, you saw the Badgers bring in guys like Jonas Duclona, uh, Jace Arnold, and those were the two guys on campus. You still have Amari Snowden in, Justin Taylor in, um, and uh, AJ Tisdale. A couple of those defensive backs that are still coming in on campus, Badgers got six in the last class, you know, that could make an impact. Amelia Agard now joins that group, and he might be the 
the, the, the biggest recruit the Badgers have ever landed rankings-wise at the cornerback position, which just speaks to the volumes of how important this guy was to get for the Badgers. Picked uh, the Wisconsin Badgers over several blue blood programs, over some big offers that he had. Um, had a top four that included Clemson as well, uh, a team that was very much interested in Emilio Agard. Eventually chooses the Badgers and provides them with a strong core now in Agard and also Jay Harper, who I was told were the top cornerbacks on the Badgers board heading in to, you know, this the second kind of recruiting period or the recruiting period in June. Unfortunately, lost Vernon Woodward. We'll get to the decommitment in a minute, but they get their top two guys, Jay Harper and Emilio Agard, and that's a huge sign for the Badgers. You know, you want to continue to increase this depth here, and so that's what I'm looking for, and that's what really the Badgers are looking for. And the cornerback class, it looks like it could be done but this is a class where you could see them adding one more player the main guy on their board is xavier lucas a guy who they've been interested in for a while took an official in the early uh, portion of june and he's a guy who you can uh you know really look at the question is where does Lucas end up deciding to go? Because he's got a strong top four that includes Florida State, includes co uh, colleges from all over. And he's a guy where, you know, he comes in, he might be the third cornerback in this group. And so he's got a lot to weigh in other places. But Wisconsin's making a push. That could be, if they get a third corner, my bet would be that it's on Xavier Lucas. Tough one right now to really predict. Seems like Florida State might be a strong school there uh, to uh, to beat out. But Xavier Lucas is another guy on the board. Regardless, at the cornerback position, there's been a little bit of a controversy after the decommitment of Vernon Woodward. But in my opinion, the Badgers right now are set. There's been a lot of talk, right, about how you've got uh, the, the amount of transfers that transferred out. You've got the strong uh, starting group, right, of uh, you've got Alexander Smith, you've got Ricardo Holman, and then you've got Jason Maitre. The one guy that's com completely forgotten in all of this mix is cornerback Nizier Forkoran, who transferred through in the second transfer period from Grand Valley State, where uh, Coach Matt Mitchell was the head coach at for the last 12 years. He was Forkoran's head coach, and Forkoran should be in the mix in a rotation likely to start on the outside. Granted, he also has an extra year of eligibility to where the, the Badgers were looking to balance from those guys because Maitre and Smith are done after this year from the starters to going to straight true freshmen, they have now some pieces in the middle and Ricardo Holman and Nizer Forkoran, who they can trust to at least bridge the gap a little bit, allow some of those freshmen, you know, to develop well because the Badgers have faith in those freshmen, but allow them to develop well before they hit the field and have feasible options for them to get on the field. With the group they brought in last year, with the two guys they have this year, they've got a similar mold of cornerbacks. You know, that 5'10", 165, 180-pound guys. They obviously are also looking for some of those big, bigger guys because in the way that they play, they play this press, uh, press corner on one side of the field, off coverage on the other side of the field, and their zone defense. And so you need cornerbacks that can fit both molds, not to mention the slot position, which will likely need to be filled after this offseason or after this season when Jason Mitre leaves. So a lot of questions to be uh, said in the cornerback group, but I like the progress the Badgers have done at this position, a position where I initially felt they were struggling at, especially when seeing the product there at spring ball. 
well, they re, uh, they recouped some of the value lost in the transfer portal with the second transfer portal, and now they brought in a guy who they really like in Amelia Wegard to match with one of their top guys on the board in Jay Harper. Let's move on, though, to the other one, the commitment that I don't know if a lot of fans uh, were following just based on, you know, it wasn't a name that had really popped up a lot. And that's Emerson Mandel. Emerson Mandel is a baller. I'll tell you that. A four-star offensive lineman out of Minnesota, the best player in Minnesota's class. And I know a lot of Badgers fans were harping over, oh, wow, you know, how Nathan Roy, the best player in Wisconsin's class, goes to Minnesota. Now, Wisconsin gets the best player in Minnesota's class for, I believe, what is the third time in five years. But talking about Emerson Mandel, this one was a little bit more of a surprise when you look at the overall part of the recruitment. Mandel, a Minnesota native, was recruited heavily by Minnesota. Wisconsin jumps in the fold a little later into the race and uh, manages to get an official visit, right? This official visit wasn't initially on the docket when you heard about the initial visits coming out or official visits coming out in May where, you know, people are starting to – Recruits are starting to schedule them, but the Badgers were able to fit it in, got a midweek visit in with Emerson Mandel between his officials to Iowa State, the other finalist, and Minnesota, and the Badgers did a really good job, it seems, at that official visit and end up getting the fifth offensive lineman of this class in what should be the strongest position group of the 2024 class for the Badgers, getting five guys that they really liked. Now, this is where I'm going to spark the debate about you know the in-state versus out-of-state recruiting. A lot of people were not happy that the Badgers weren't able to land a lot of the top guys. Garrett Sexton, Nathan Roy, uh, Donovan Harbor, Corey Smith. And I, I believe they didn't get one of the, each of the top five guys because Rob Booker deep committed as well. Well, here's how I got to look at it. I very much value the importance of in-state recruiting. And it seems like the head coaches at each of these schools do as well. You've seen some come out in support of the way that Luke Fickle has treated that those relationships, um, you know, after some backlash was there. But the Badgers had a board, and this 2024 class was a little different because you're coming in midway through the class where relationships have been already built for a year or two, and the Cincinnati staff, which was at Cincinnati last year, is targeting different groups of players based on their 350-mile radius. And you also, the one thing I've got to say, you have to tap into the connections you have on the staff. That's what's that's what makes the staff as valuable as it is. It's not only the way that they coach, but the way that they recruit. Colin Hitchler is the most underrated staff member on this group, and he's able to recruit very well on that East Coast side. When you look at a lot of these East Coast prospects, Colin Hitchler is the one who might be behind the helm, even if it's not at his position. And he's able to get, he was able to land a significant amount of recruits or commits, excuse me, for the Badgers this past cycle. And so, you know, you've got to tap into where they have access to. They've got a good base down there in Florida. They've got a good base up there in the East Coast in that Philly range where Hitchler originates from. And you also have a good range, uh, good range in the Midwest, uh, given where you were in Cincinnati. And so when you look at the class, Donovan Harbor, Badgers did not have him on their board. He was not high on their board. I understand he was a four-star. It doesn't matter, though, to the staff what it, what it does with the rankings. They have their own ranking system, and they believe that they'll have a top 25 class regardless of what the rankings indicate. And so they're going off their own board. And so Donovan Harbor was not uh, was not reoffered by the Badgers. Just, uh, you know, he wasn't a guy who they had on their board. Uh, Garrett Sexton was a guy who had they had on their board initially, but they wanted him to come out to camp this June. 
Garrett Sexton obviously got an offer from Penn State before that. And so when the Badgers offered, it was a little too late. Still, they weren't as sold on him given the development needed from his 6'7", 250-pound frame going into college. They wanted to see how he was progressing coming in June and then seeing what the progression timeline would be for the year after before being comfortable in extending an offer. Instead, when you look at the guys that they got, Emerson Mandel, a 6'5", 300-pound offensive lineman, the number one interior offensive lineman, uh, or, or uh, sorry, number five interior offensive lineman in the class. He's a strong option there at the interior offensive line where the Badgers are going to look to try and get that depth back up because you've got a lot of players departing soon. Michael Furtney's in his last year. Tanner Bordelina arguably will go to the NFL draft alongside Jack Nelson this next year. Jake Renfro could very well go to the NFL draft after this year as well if he continues on the success he had two years ago prior to his injury. You could lose four starters on this offensive line. Now, the Badgers have a couple of options there. You know, Nolan Rucci and Joe Brunner seem, uh, uh, you know, right in that mold or fold to, to move into the starting spot on the left side. Center, though, you've got some questions, but you've got, you've got talent there, but you also have, you know, an open competition there. And at right guard, who will end up slotting in there as well. You've got a lot of different question marks, um, you know, on the offensive line in terms of the future. And that's where you want to include all this depth in because you might see some transfers and things like that, but you also have a lot of outgoing talent, which is why you want to replace that with the talent that you can bring in. And they did that in this class. You have Ryan Corey and Emerson Mandel, two strong interior guys, Kevin Haywood and Garrett, um, uh, sorry, not Garrett, Derek Jensen. The two offensive tackles that are, uh, you know, strong based offensive tackles. Probably one will be on e either side, um, you know, when they when they come into campus. And then you've got the guy in Colin Coverley who can play tackle and play guard. Has the frame to do both. And you know they could rotate him around at a couple of different positions. Corey likely plays center. You, you might see, um, you know. Colin Coverley slide into guard at the next level, but they've got five guys who they believe in in this class, and that's why they didn't feel as you know they don't feel as bad about missing on some of these in-state prospects because they have guys who they believe were higher on their board and of higher importance, and they had also built relationships uh, stemming for you know time longer than they were with some of the in-state prospects in Wisconsin. So I actually like this offensive class or offensive line class from Wisconsin. You have a, a plethora of talent. You've got some high range talent and you've got some good developmental prospects, but you also got guys who they believe can be ready. When you look at the body frames of all of these players, they are pretty, pretty college ready in terms of body frame. That's the biggest thing when it comes to development, right? How strong, uh, how strong are you coming in? How big are you coming in? How ready are you to start, uh, or, you know, to, to get on the field? And I, it seems like all five of these guys are ready to, you know, at least frame-wise, to be in in the rotation come day one. And so that'll be that's an integral part to a team losing some of its depth. These two were the the two recent recent commits, but let's just look at an overall aspect. Let's start with the decommitments of Rob Booker and also uh, Vernon Woodward who both decommitted on the same day, causing a little bit of a frenzy, you know, on Twitter and things like that. Start with Vernon Woodward. Now, people might have been surprised when Woodward flipped, especially to Illinois, a rival school. 
I was initially surprised when Woodward committed to Wisconsin, and it seems like given the fact that he took both of his official visits a week after committing, he wasn't 100% committed. It's just the official visit was pretty strong, and it surprised the coaching staff, it seems, and it surprised it was a bit of a surprise overall given the way that Woodward's commitment went. But that one was trending for a little bit of time. There might have been some external factors as well, just outside of the football realm. But Vernon Woodward ends up decommitting for the Badgers. They, it seemed like they initially had a plan to try and entice Lloyd Irvin to come back. Lloyd Irvin, though, obviously took a visit to Maryland, ends up committing there still. The Badgers had two top targets on their mind going into this entire cycle, regardless of what the recruiting analysts say or recruiting uh, rankings say and things like that. Jay Harper, Omelio Agard, the two guys on their board, they end up getting those two. Vernon Woodward, it's not too um, big of a loss. It seems like they were expecting it for a little bit of time, especially after he committed. But it does take away from one of those, you know, 6'3 guys, those big, uh, you know, those long-ranged guys, those long, uh, long-arm guys with solid frames that you could end up developing into a solid press corner guy for the Badgers. Ends up losing on that. We'll see what happens with Xavier Lucas. But not as big of a surprise. The big one was Rob Booker. Rob Booker, it seems like, despite him being committed. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, there were a little bit of questions. One, probably his fit. How, how, how does he fit in with Grant Steck? Probably ahead of him in the rotation based on college readiness. And two, well, he was getting interest from other schools, and it just seems like he wanted to go somewhere else. It seems like he wanted to go somewhere else. And obviously, um, when those conversations were happening about the Badgers potentially or him potentially decommitting, it didn't seem like Wisconsin was wanting to buy in to a guy who was decommitting from the program, wasn't going to you know, uh, try and continue to go after him, ends up committing to UCLA. It seems like that was set in stone for a little bit of time, but the whole Rob Booker debacle is interesting in the way that it's transpired. One thing I'll say, though, never will ever wish an Ill, Ill will against anybody who's trying to chase their dreams. Rob Booker found the place that's best for him. He's going to be the tight end of the class for UCLA, a pretty good offense under Chip Kelly there, and best of luck to Rob Booker there. That takes away from one tight end for the Badgers 2024 class. Doesn't seem like, at the moment at least, they're going for another guy to add to Grant Steck in this 2024 class. How big of a deal is Rob Booker's decommitment? Well, they have Grant Steck in this current class. They've got a, a couple of tight ends, obviously, on the roster that they feel strong about, and some rising guys like J.T. Seagraves, Jack Pugh, that they believe can make uh, contributions sooner than later. And so Jack Eschenbach, he'll likely leave this season. You've got Clay Cundiff still in the mix and the two guys I mentioned. And so they've got some depth there, but tight end is a position where they seem to have been able to recruit well already, you know, some recruiting going on in the 2025 class some hard recruiting, and they'll try and get a couple of tight ends there. You could see two tight ends in the 2025 class, understanding that you only had one in the 24 class, but regardless, I I, I'm confident they feel strong enough in Grant Steck to where if it's a one tight end class, they've got a guy who they really well believe in, a four-star tight end, and 
maybe he might be the highest recruited player on the roster um, in terms of uh, recruiting databases and things like that. But Rob, Rob Booker, a little bit, a lot more of a surprise in, in comparison to, to Vernon Woodward, but he leaves the Badgers with one tight end in that class in, in the 2024 class. And it seems at the moment they're going to roll with that one tight end, maybe use that scholarship spot elsewhere. Maybe something pops up in the fall. We'll see, but they've got their guy for 2024, which is the good part. And that's where they're headed um, for the 2024 class. Those are the decommitments. Let's now just take a look at position groups because the Badgers, obviously, you know, they've, they're looking to fill out these different position groups uh, led by transfers and things like that, that were transferring in and out. You've got holes at different place, uh, different positions and things like that. So where do they fill it out? Starting off a quarterback, this is the position that they seem the most set at. You've got a quarterback in the 2024 class, maybe Meadow were the first uh, quarterback or the first commit really for the Badgers in this class. And then they landed Landon Locke, their first commit in the 2025 class for the for the Badgers. Seems like they've wanted to take one quarterback in each class. They already have a plethora of quarterbacks on the roster to insulate them from in, in the likelihood that Tanner Mordecai leaves after this season. You've got Braden Locke there. You've got Nick Evers there and Miles Burkett there. And now you've got Mabry Metaor sliding in. Oh, sorry, Cole LaCrue. Th those are the four on the roster already. You've already then you slide in Mabry Metaor for the 2024 class and Landon Locke for the 2025 class. Quarterback seems set and with a good amount of talent too. It's not like they're trying to they're, they're settling early or getting guys who they might not believe in. Quarterback is set. Running backs though. Running back is the big one because the Badgers right now they have Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi who could both leave this uh, after this season, leaving, you know, a little bit of a hole at the running back position, not only in terms of top-end talent, but also in terms of depth. They've got a couple of guys who are very intriguing. Cade Iacomelli, a guy who showcased um, some good talent coming out of this uh, this spring ball session. He could be the running back number three. Jackson Aker got, made the move to running back, and he was also seen in a couple of packages as a move-around chess piece on the offense. But then you've got... Incoming freshman Nate White. You've got some other names out there. Grover Bortolotti is a walk-on. You've got a couple of names out there. Badgers want to take two running backs, though, in the 2024 class. They've got one set in stone, Gideon Atuka. And if the way that I look at it, it seems like it'll come down to one of the other two options that are currently on the board. Darion Dupree is the guy who they've had arguably the highest on their board out of any position um, you know, since Luke Fickle and company came in. They've sold to him that he'd be the top guy in the fold. And Darion Dupree has been their running back target for a while now. And so it seems like he he's the guy who they're really pushing all their chess pieces forward to. And he commits on July 7th. So the Badgers will know sooner than later whether they have uh, you know their top option or not. But we cannot forget about Dylan Jones. Dylan Jones, a four-star running back out of Maryland. He's a guy who has talent. And he's a guy who the Badgers like themselves as well. I don't think that there's a possibility they get, or not there's a possibility, but I don't think there's a realistic chance at the moment they get both, just because it seems like both of these guys are are, are featured talents that might be might create a logjam if all three running backs were to join in this 2022 or sorry not two 2024 class. And so I'm assuming it's looking more so like it'll be Dupree or it'll be Dylan Jones, but both options are great options for the Badgers and would fit well with what they want to do. They've got some options in the fold. 
need to land at least one of them. And it's likelier they land one than they land both, it seems. But you've got two good options to match with Gideon Atuka. That's the way that they insulate this running back depth heading into the next season. Because after these guys leave, you need to have that that depth, that younger talent to where you're insulated at one of the most important positions in the Wisconsin offense going forward. Wide receiver is a little bit interesting. It's one of the most set in stone positions for the Badgers because they landed an early recruitment, or sorry, not recruitment, early commitment from Kyan Barry Johnson. Kyan Barry Johnson, a four-star, was seemingly one of the more underrated players in that class early on. And now Kyan Barry Johnson, it seems like he's getting his respect, uh, uh, continues to boost up. And so that's important. And Kyan Barry Johnson's a good, good add to a very, very talented wide receiver room. This room is not only uh, filled with, you know, um, talent that's about to leave. It's filled with talent throughout. You've got young guys that can fit in the mold. C.J. Williams, obviously, a guy there. Will Pauling's a redshirt sophomore. You've got a lot of guys that are younger, too, and guys that are veterans that can set the tone as well. This wide receiver room is insulated and is going to be insulated well. We talked about tight end. We talked about offensive line. Let's go to the most problematic position, I'd say, on the roster right now, and that's just defensive line. Badgers have one uh, recruit right now in the 2024 class along their defensive line. That's Hank Weber. Defensive end, solid player. Um, you know, he, he's a guy who uh, comes in, and he, he he's just a regular rotation guy on that defensive line. Uh, that's what he'll project to be in the future. But they don't have anybody else. Now, they were able to, re, you know, get – some solid players in their 2023 class, reflipping Jamel Howard after he initially decommitted a big land there to be at defensive tackle. Um, and he's on campus. He, he He's going through it too right now. He's going with the program, but they don't have one in the 2024 class at defensive tackle. They don't really have anybody else along that uh, defensive line for the 2024 class. Missed out on a couple of guys. Dominic Kirks went to Washington. Dominic Nichols went to Michigan. You you miss out on a couple of guys here. And so that obviously hurt the Badgers in their recruiting process. But they still have Liam Andrews on the board. At the moment, it doesn't seem like he's leaning UW, but... There's obviously still some time to see where that goes. He's got a lot of lot of focus on him from Penn State, a lot of focus on him from Florida State, a lot of focus on him from South Carolina and UW as well. You've got a lot of schools going after Liam Andrews, a guy who the Badgers believe can play the, uh, along that defensive line. Other schools looking at him as an offensive lineman. And so we'll see where that sell goes for the Badgers. But that's their main target, it seems, at the moment on the defensive line after missing out on Joe Barna who went to Illinois, and after missing out on some of the names that I named overall. Defensive line, though, this is a, a bit of an issue for the Badgers because this is not a place where they're really well-insulated depth-wise, and so they want to get insulated a little more. Would not be surprised if they you know, attack this position heavily in the fall or even go for a portal body um, you know, to, to, to improve their depth. Maybe not this year, but in the next two years for sure. Go to a portal body if you know if they can't get high school talent necessarily at the defensive line position to continue to supplant their depth. Defensive line right now, a little bit of a worrisome state, just given that the fact that they weren't able to land as much on this side of the ball in the trenches in the 2024 class. Let's look at linebackers, another position that is fairly solidified. Linebackers, you talk about them. First of all, 
landed uh, Landon Gauthier. He's their in, in, inside linebacker for the 2024 class. Their guy that they wanted, they got their guy, and he's likely to be the one guy that they have at the position. Outside linebacker, they've got Thomas Heiberger, one of their earlier commits in April from South Dakota. An outside linebacker who's able to, you know, he he's a guy who they believe um, highly in, a three-star recruit, and solid frame there at 6'4". Then they've got an Elu Lafayette, their top target at the outside linebacker position for a while now. He's a guy who's considering a few schools, Hawaii being one of them, UW being one of them, got a couple of schools on the docket and is expected to commit, I believe, um, in mid-July, in about a week or so. I forget the exact date, but it's expected to commit um, within the next week or two. And so Anel Lafayette is a guy who the Badgers really want. He is another guy who is amongst the highest on their board, regardless of position, and would pair very well with the current group of the Badgers that the Badgers have at that outside linebacker position, would be a talented, talented piece, a four-star to get into this mold and really could fill, fit in very well in that Nick Herbig role. Not saying he'll be Nick Herbig or anything of that mold, but when he when he gets to development, that's the role that I envision for an El Lafayette in this defense. Obviously, this one does a little bit more. You're a little bit more off ball sometimes as an outside linebacker in this defense under Mike Tressel, but would expect a similar role there for an El Lafayette. At linebacker, though, the Badgers, they are set. We heard about the recent news. Jordan Turner is suspended, unsure at the moment for how long, after it seems like he had a D. Uh, it was... I forget exactly the charge, but it was, I believe, some something around the driving um, or an open intoxicant or something like that. Hopefully, his legal situation gets solved. But at the moment, Jake Cheney, he's the guy who steps up. My uh, movement and John Meta, he's another guy in the fold. Those two should likely start should Jordan Turner miss any uh, real game time for the suspension that he is currently facing. But You've got strong linebacker, uh, some strong linebacker players, and they've also got some solid talent come, uh, coming in in terms of their freshmen and underclassmen. They've got some strong talent at linebacker. Guys that they're adding in this class only bolster that, and so that's where they're looking at linebacker. Looking at the secondary, we talked about cornerbacks. Safeties, though. Safeties is one of the most loaded positions on the roster when you look at the entirety of its depth. A lot of players can play in that safety room. That's why they're running these three safety sets at times during practice. They've got two safeties on the board. Rafael Dunn, a guy who fit into that dollar role for the Badgers, could could even you know go to an outside linebacker. Uh, teams were suggesting playing, uh, developing him into an outside linebacker. Could fit as an outside linebacker, but he's got good coverage skills. Um, spoke with his coach, talked, raved about his uh, his work ethic, his leader, his leadership, and really his overall uh, mentality. Could slot in at outside linebacker right now, projected in that dollar role. He's one of the guys they've landed so far. Kamir Prescott being the second. Kamir Prescott, a guy who they believe can play well as a back end safety, and a guy who they, uh, you know, another Colin Hitchler guy, a guy who they had on their board early on. He's a guy who. Um, should be able to come in and carve out a role in due time. Another good productive player to match with the Badgers' in, uh, current safety group, which is already pretty, pretty freaking talented. One guy on the board that can still uh, commit to the Badgers, a guy who commits later this week, Kaj Sanders. Sanders is uh, looking at a few schools, commits on July 8th, would be a very 
a solid addition to the Badgers. You know, add another safety to the room moves done more into a permanent kind of outside linebacker dollar role and have two back-end safeties that you trust in this 2024 class after bringing in guys like Justin Taylor and Braden Moore in the 2023 class. So got a couple of guys that they could bring in. Safeties is another position that they should feel pretty, pretty happy about heading into the year. But overall, 2024 recruiting class, when you look at it, Pretty strong class. I know a lot of people, you know, a little bit uh, are, are wavering a little bit recently given some of the misses the Badgers had, but the guys who they've targeted, it's a pretty strong track record that they've been able to land them so far. It's the guys who, you know, they haven't seen as big of a target or were looking to add on to whatever they their infrastructure already was that they've kind of missed on. Still a strong class. I believe it's still a top 30 class. And commitments could still be on the way here in July with some players making their decisions within the coming weeks. But guys, I appreciate all the support. I see the comment right now from Stephen McGinnis. Appreciate your support, my man. Thank you for tuning in. And everybody else tuning in, be it on the video portion on YouTube or the audio portion on Apple or Spotify. Thank you guys so much for the support. Stay tuned with the content, and we'll be back very soon with some more, both on the podcast front and on the article front. See you later. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.